This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. I've never been up here in the Saverna Park Library before, but we are here in the meeting room. We're with Danielle and Sean Moore, who uh, are local residents. Sean works with the Anne Arundel <laughs> County Fire Department and his wife, Danielle. But we are here to talk about a journey that they are undertaking along with their family and notably their son, Jonah. You know, thank you guys, A, for, you know, agreeing to talk to us. And I think what you're going through is is incredible. And I hope that we're able to help in some way. But I think a lot of people need to, you know, learn about what's going on. Jonah was diagnosed, if that's the correct word, with, is it bilary or? Biliary atresia. Okay. And you've had some practice to pronounce that. I have, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. How old is he now? He just hit 10 months. Today. Today. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, so he's just a little guy. Yeah, it's his birthday. Yeah, it sort is. of. Oh, awesome. we got to take his picture. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, what is biliary artesia? This whole journey has been the most educational for me because I went to school and have a degree in marketing and <clears throat> communications, and Sean has more experience with like anatomy, physiology. So he understands the doctor speak and translates to me. So I can then give the watered down down. version. Okay, awesome. (laughs) Um, But essentially, biliary atresia is where the ducts or tubes in your biliary region are blocked. So your body doesn't filter bile from the liver to your gallbladder properly. And so then it ends up in your system. And when you think bile you think and babies you think of bilirubin like a jaundiced yellowed baby which is super common in infants and jonah had it for a couple his first few days of life and then tested out fine um so we didn't think anything of it and then as you were saying like diagnosed at two months um he had a bunch of symptoms and then that's when we realized oh there's this thing atresia, that you can have that's wrong um and it turned out jonah didn't have a gallbladder so even if his ducts weren't working he didn't have a gallbladder to help filter out the bile in his oh. system wow okay yeah uh, i mean i mean what is the I, I guess the prognosis of this i mean is it if untreated uh it, it, it is it's definitely um if untreated completely it's definitely a terminal illness um I think back before that they started doing the procedure where they initially rerouted his ducts to create bile flow out of his liver. It's only been going on for like 50 years, uh, and before that it was a terminal illness. I think kids would um, would pass within two years of, of life. How, how rare is this? It's about one in, what, 12 to 20,000 babies. Oh, my word. Okay, so it's fairly rare. I mean, it's For sure. Um, and, and it just kind of depends on the region, places... Um, in Asia, for example, have a little bit of a higher rate compared to um, the U.S. or Europe. But to that point, it's, it is classified as like a rare disease or disorder. Um, I think February is like rare. Again, things you learn <laughs> through this journey mm-hmm. is like um, rare disease month or something like that. And so the statistics show that it's rare, but there is also no known cause or cure for it. While there are procedures and treatments, they aren't cures. And so that's why it's like different regions seem to have more cases, but they can't pinpoint why, <laughs> you know. Okay. So there's still a lot of research and studies going on. I mean, we're not, Jonah is not in any of those, but we, through social media, have like joined groups and see and hear stories about it. One of the, one of the good sides of social media is yes. that... 
you know, people can come together for common causes yeah. and everything else. Now, at 10 months, I mean, what do you do? What, has, what have we done to treat Jonah? Sure. So he was diagnosed at two months old, and immediate, to diagnose him, he had to go through a surgical procedure. It's called a cholangiogram. Essentially, they're testing to see if your body is, if the bile is flowing properly. Let's okay. Say. Mm-hmm. And then within that procedure, they can immediately diagnose biliary atresia, which they had already, that was like their hypothesis based on all his symptoms of jaundice, no weight gain in a month. Um, the ultrasound showing no gallbladder. Yeah. He was like pretty typical checking all the boxes of like, right. But there was just not a, a firm. Right. So then they, they did the, uh, what's called the Kasai procedure, which Sean was kind of explaining. They take his small intestine and kind of make that become a, an unblocked bile duct so that the liver drains. Properly. Okay. Yeah. They essentially just, so create, it's a detour. Yeah. They create a duct using a section okay. of, of yeah. bowel to to try to make it drain properly yeah. and that's where the treatment is at this point or so that was treatment one um there's kind of like three buckets uh, as the everyone dumbed down for me yeah. um it's either the kasai procedure works and you are in this very small percentile of people who that works and you're kind of living a relatively normal life um into adulthood again it's hard to say as sean said like the oldest living BA babies are in their 50s and 60s now. So there's a lot of unknowns. Um, Then there's like the second bucket, which is the most common and where, um, or I guess, yeah, the most common is you have a Kasai procedure, it works, but you eventually need a liver transplant um, within like one or two years of life. And that's where Jonah falls. And then the third is it fails right away and you need a liver transplant like shortly after. Okay. So Jonah didn't make it quite to one, two years before mm-hmm. a transplant. His Kasai worked for about two months before we started seeing issues and hospitalizations for um, just infections within his system. Um, so all summer, I think, we were in and out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty much two weeks on, two weeks in, yeah. all summer long, um, from Memorial Day uh, all the way until he had his transplant in August. Yeah. Um, and then he had transplant and during that recovery in the hospital inpatient, he ended up having another issue because of surgery. It's common. It's just, there was a small perforation in his intestine while they were doing the transplant procedure. Um, so then he had to have another surgery to correct that. Oh my poor little guy. <laughs> before yeah. coming in. So he's had, uh, I mean, I mean, okay. So we're talking about a transplant though. Yeah. So he's now had as at 10 months of age has had a liver transplant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And where, where did, how, I mean, you hear about these transplants and people are on lists for ever. It's, it yeah. seems. Uh, I mean, how did how did he get so fortunate to be able to get a transplant so quickly? Yeah. So there's two options, and I honestly had never heard of living organ donation. Obviously, not every organ can be donated right. um, from someone living, but a liver is one of those. And Georgetown Institute Transplant Institute was recommended through our Jonah's GI doctors who are out of the University of Maryland Children's Hospital. Um, And they are one of like the top six pediatric transplant organizations, but they also do living donor transplants. So they have an amazing team there. Um, 
who educated us on like the options. Sometimes you don't have people who are willing to do that because you're essentially taking a healthy person and saying, we're going to do this procedure on you. There's no benefit, medical benefit to you. Obviously, (laughs) you know, you're helping someone else. And it's a, it's a really big screening process because they need to make sure that you are not only medically the right fit. Um, so from like blood type, um, I don't know what else. Well, it's a, I know it's a very, very difficult puzzle, I guess, to put together to, to get a, a proper recipient with a donor Yeah. and with a liver. I mean, is that, I, I mean, cause everybody sort of needs a liver. Yes. Uh, I mean, <laughs> so they're not, yeah. it's not a, I, what did they take a, a piece of a liver to. So the liver is the only, the only organ that regenerates. Yeah, so really? it, it'll like her liver will grow back to full size. They only took what eleven, fourteen percent of her liver. So you, so you hers will grow donor. back. Yep, hers will grow back to full size, and and his in theory is supposed to grow with him. Yeah, and the re- one of the reasons too that she was a really good match was that all the ducts and arteries and veins, everything lined up really well um, for the two of them, and and, and that was yeah. And that was that was one of the big reasons that she was a, she was a better match than myself. <laughs> yeah, and we actually this is I don't want to say rare when we're talking about a rare disease because I don't have statistics, but mm-hmm. it's uncommon for both parents to be a match. It's it's hard for even a parent to be a match, which is confusing because you think I you, just gave birth to this kid, uh, like right, he's you, my you, he's you've me. carried him and 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 nurtured nurtured him for nine months. And- yeah, so we were both matches. And we had kind of our thought of, okay, if we have to pick which one of us will do it, we were like, Sean will be the donor. That was our choice. But we were like, we will do whatever is best for Jonah. And then they were like, like Sean said, because of how everything lined up, they would have to do like less maneuvering to connect my portion of my liver to Jonah than Sean's, that it was like medically made more sense for me. And so I did that. In hindsight, it was the better decision like we should i'm glad we didn't listen yeah, to ourselves well, I, I mean how how was this how long did this procedure take and i mean where where it was done in georgetown i'm you said yeah it was yeah georgetown. Sean so her more. her so her <laughs> surgery was like around four or five hours um and his was like closer to seven eight okay, hours. and this is i mean i'm presuming that you go in one day and they carve out a piece of your liver put it on ice or, or yeah, I mean, pretty much they ha- they have to with living donors they have to do the surgeries at the exact same time. Oh my word! Okay. So there's a team that's taking her liver out at the same time they're removing Jonah's old liver and prepping everything next door for him to each next other. door, and they're talking to each other the whole time. Yeah, like slow down. Um, we're ready here. Like it's yeah. a super coordinated effort. So everything from like booking the surgery rooms like that it has to be next to each other on mm-hmm. the same day so i went in it's it was a unique experience because um in the pre-op like when they're like getting ready to wheel you back to this the operating room it's me and then across from me is jonah with sean and then you know i go into operating and then maybe like 30 minutes later jonah goes back so it's like such a I mean, it's a well-oiled machine, but it's, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like this very precise, almost dance to yes. to get it done there. That's yeah, and uh, you know, so I, I'm presuming with the four hours that you had, I mean, then you're in recovery, not really knowing what's happening with your son. No, that has to be horrible. It it's weird because right, you're like coming out of anesthesia, um, and you're kind of all 
you know, on all these pain medications and you have people tending to you, but yeah, you're right. I'm thinking about like, where's my phone? Somebody asked Sean, my sister was my kind of care person because with COVID you can only have, you know, limited folks and in the hospital with you Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, and so she was keeping me up to date, thankfully. Um, and then the surgeons, like they, again, they were just all so great, like minute by minute, it went great. You know, like he's fine. He's recovering. Right. Um, but yeah, it's kind of, I remember waking up and being like, did it work? Did it work? And how long, how long ago was this again? Uh, it'll be three months this week. How's Jonah doing? I mean, you, you appear to have recovered very nicely and your liver (laughs) is in the process of growing back. Yeah. So for me, like my recovery is, I guess some people say like abnormally miraculous. I was out of the hospital within like four days and I've really felt fine. The hardest part was like not all the restrictions, you know, don't lift your kids. Well, okay. I'm a mom of a toddler and a baby. That's that's easy for you to say. (laughs) Exactly. Um, you know, so that part was hard. And then there were some peaks of like post-op just pains because I pushed it to, you know, I didn't follow the restrictions to a T, but like two months out, I'm feeling pretty normal. Um, Jonah for the most part has been, you know, really good. Um, he has some weeks where better than others, but anything with him could send him back to the hospital. So like, he's already had one, he's been back once. Yeah. So our, our toddler got sick from just, just like going to preschool, which is totally normal. He's got a cold. Sure. So, but then obviously he brought that home and then Jonah got sick. We didn't know, you know, at first we were like, well, we don't know what to do if, you know, depending on how bad it is. And he had just gotten a antibody infusion a couple of days prior to him getting any kind of symptoms. So we weren't sure if it was related to that. Um, and then he spiked a fever. He's being really lethargic. And then they wanted us to go into the emergency room to make sure that he didn't have an infection because especially he had a pick line still in, which automatically means that they need to do blood cultures and make sure that there's not a blood infection. So it, it was kind of an automatic. He's got to go in and get checked and get his liver number checked out and, and make sure it wasn't anything more than the cold, which that's when we realized, too, that just a cold would make you know his numbers essentially go kind of crazy and and he'd have these a little bit more harsher symptoms than than a typical kid would so it's kind of a learning experience but since then it's definitely uh he's gotten a lot better it just you know we didn't know what to expect from a cold yeah now i mean does does do the procedures that he's had i mean you said the perforated intestine and the and the liver transplant uh, as as well, I mean, has that affected his, let's say, physical development to a degree? I would say a little bit, but not to the point where it's abnormal. Like, you know, obviously you had major abdominal surgery, sure, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. and and then prior to the surgery, you had major abdominal symptoms, like his belly was inflated, mm-hmm. like he, um, you know, so moving around has been a little bit different, and he also like just because he's had certain like lines he has a feeding tube that he has in his nose now um for just not even for feeding just all of his medications um so he's adapted differently but he's super strong and he's super headstrong Mm -hmm. i'm I'm gonna guess he gets that from his parents he's got a little bit i don't know he he's (laughs) i don't know we're not sure where i think through the social media like all of these other BA babies that we've come to 
no, I'm using air quotes, they're, they all have some of these same qualities of just being very strong and like just really unbelievable because if, if any of us went through all of these things in such a short period of time, we would be like, I yeah. don't know, just not. Out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he is the happiest, most smiley baby. And I mean, he's army crawling around. He doesn't really have an interest in crawling, crawling because he can get there, you know, so yeah. he'll figure it out and he does figure it out. So it's great. It's there's incredible. Gonna, there's going to be a kid in, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now <laughs> is just going to be just so thankful for what he has. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I mean, how have you guys been doing? During, I mean, this has got to be tough for you. I mean, you're a firefighter here at Anne Arundel County, Sean. Mm-hmm. And Danielle, were you working before this? I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I, I know two kids. It's, yeah. You know. No, I, I was working up until I was working for Crosby Marketing in uh, West Annapolis. Okay. And so I'd been there for almost three years. And then um, when the Kasai started to fail and we were in and out of the hospital all summer long, I mean, the Crosby family, and I mean that by Raymond, Ralph, and the actual, the rest of the employees who are like family, um, they were super supportive, gave me all the leave, space, time to do whatever was right. But for me, I couldn't mentally be present at either, like, the Jonah world, Caleb, our toddler, um, just managing our home, and then working, Um because it's, you know, it's marketing, like everything's fast paced and I've already had a hard time shutting work off at night. So I walked away from working, um, to just be a hundred percent able to jump and go stay at the hospital while Sean still was working shifts with the fire department. Shifts are, shifts, shifts are, I mean, you guys are a different breed that are able to, to do that. I don't uh, understand how, uh, some pe- people do it, but they, they do work are you still working? I mean, because it looks like the care has to fall on um, you at some yeah. point. All of well, a sudden, you're Mr. Mom and <laughs> a little bit of everything else. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a challenge. You know, the hospital stay with Jonah after transplant even uh, ended up being longer than we expected. So I had to be the one that was there the whole time with COVID restrictions and everything. Oh we gosh, were really I only allowed totally one, didn't even think one about parent. This. So, like, I, I really just had to kind of be there the whole time while everything. Like yeah. <laughs> So that was that was a challenge and not working and then uh, and then coming back and being at home for another month while she was still recovering she couldn't physically lift the kids so I kind of needed to be that person to be able to physically handle both the boys whether you know it was Jonah feeding at night or putting our toddler down to bed you know I kind of had to do a lot of that stuff and, and that, that was obviously pretty hard and we were super fortunate for me working for the fire department just for the fact that I had a, a lot of leave. The county is pretty generous in, in helping us out in that way and, and having sick leave and vacation leave and being flexible in, in how I was able to kind of use that as far as um, even when I started to run out of leave, the fire department's really a big family. I, I had a lot of support from, from a lot of my coworkers um, and friends that were able to donate their time to me so that I, I would be able to stay home more and help take care of my family a little bit more than, than I was even expecting. So it, it was That's really, awesome. it was so really they're, cool. They're donating their own accumulated leave to... Yeah. Yeah. So they, they were able to do that. And, and even just the people at, that work for the personnel department were able to kind of... They were creative in ways to like 
to get me to, to stretch it a little bit more and, and switching me to different, you know, a different kind of schedule or whatnot to, to help me get to the point where I felt comfortable going back to work and, and leaving Danielle and, and my mother-in-law and, and whoever else was helping w- with the kids and, and be able to maintain the home for 24 hours while I was gone, um, right. which doesn't seem like a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it, it really is. Yeah, it's hard. We, I mean, and we do have... I mean, my sister lives a mile down the road from us. My parents are... Sounds like a godsend. Yes. And, like, so because we ended up here, just, like, through all these circumstances that led us here, it's no coincidence to me at all. Um, And it's worked out really well. But I think the hardest thing to understand, too, is it's, like, Jonah is still on so many medications. And, like, one of them is giving him a shot twice a day. So, like... That's hard to ask someone who... It's not just, can you watch the That's kids? That's not a parent to, to yeah, do that kind of stuff. exactly. That's a really big ask for someone. Or can you push these six things through his feeding tube medication to make sure he gets them? And it all has to be, like, clockwork. And, again, like, from my marketing and, you know, career side, I'm type A+. plus. Like, spreadsheets are... I love checklists. Like, that's all me. <laughs> so, for me and for us... We It is pretty organized at home with the medications, but we say this all the time. I can't imagine being a family going through this with one without a community, whether that's family, friends, neighbors, um, supporting you. But also, like, if I had to do this and work, it's another full-time job. I've spent days where it's six hours, and I'm, I'm literally calling insurance, the pharmacy, the doctors, just trying to get his one most important medication sorted out. I, w- I would say that, you know, mom or dadden is a full-time job regard- yes. <laughs> regardless, but mm-hmm. much less when you've got a, you know, a child that is recovering from a serious medical condition. You guys are fortunate that the Anne Arundel County has a good insurance plan, but mm-hmm. I'm sure with uh, as with everything, I mean, I'm, I'm convinced insurance companies are in the business of trying to just decline <laughs> paying whatever. I mean, the expenses, I mean, you look at, I'm sure there's medical expenses that, are, that aren't covered, uh, some comfort things, I think. And certainly there's a loss of income for the time that, that you've been out, that you've been out and everything else. I mean, this is a, this is a you know, obviously it's a, a mental burden mm-hmm. and it's an emotional burden. Uh, but it's also got to be a financial burden that neither of you signed up for when you, you know when you when you got married. Yeah. Um, I mean, how how are you dealing with that? I mean, is there a way that we can we can help on you know making sure that you know Jonah is that twenty five year old that's really thankful for, for yeah. what he is and to make sure that you guys aren't you know absolutely struggling and you know falling under this you know just I mean we all push rocks up the hill but yours is a pretty big rock that you're. You're pushing right now. Yeah, well, as you said, like financially, we have had really great coverage, but with anything related or that ties back up to politics or employment and the unknowns, you know, we don't know what healthcare and coverage will look like in the future. Um, so, kind of up until this point, we have been uh, grateful to have received, you know, meal kits, donations, events that have given us just funds to help kind of supplement what we've lost, uh, which has been great. And then uh, some of that was through fundraising, events, and then kind of looking forward, what we're most focused on, obviously, you know, our day-to-day, making sure that that is still kind of secure, which we're feeling good about, but is, um, to your point, to get Jonah to be to that 25-year-old 
there might come a point where we aren't financially supporting him or there are unknowns or coverage changes. There's a lot of unknown down the future. And, yeah. you know, just throughout this process, I'm, as I'm going through my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you've got a, a child in Georgetown in a hospital. Okay, mm-hmm. so we've got uh, presumably, you know, maybe some hotel nights over there. We've got, you know, commuting back and forth there. Yeah. I, the fire department and the police department are notorious for their overtime. And it, you know, contributes an awful lot to your income. Uh, you know, on the base salary is not there, but the overtime really does make up for that. And I'm going to guess that when they're doing paid leave, they're not kicking up the the overtime era as well. So, I mean, you probably slide back down into a base rate of pay. So there's there's a lot of unknown yeah. that that and unex, not unknown but unexpected. And things add up too, right? Like all of those medications. Thankfully for Jonah, so far we are have been covered minus copays. But when you're filling a different prescription, we're at the pharmacist like I don't know once or twice a week filling something. Well, all those copays do start to add up. That again, mm-hmm. we had, could have never imagined anything like this. The commutes, you know, we had like traded in a car before Jonah came thinking we're going to fit our family. And now it's like, we never thought we would even have this many miles on this car, you know? And so it's those kind of things now, but then, yeah, it's a lot of the unknowns. Um, We partnered with the children's organ transplant association, CODA, and they are a nonprofit who focuses on children and young adults who require or have received a transplant. Um, And so through our BA network, we know some families that partnered with them. So any money that goes to CODA in honor of Jonah goes in a special fund just for him. And he has access to that for his whole life. So it's tax deductible um, and not taxed towards him for any transplant-related expenses. So his health care premiums when he's older, his prescriptions if they're not covered, co-pays, miles or hotel stays because he will have to go to Georgetown once a year for his life. To be it, check, checked out mm-hmm. and make yeah. sure that yeah. we're all Yeah, at the in. very least. It's really a lifelong right. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's lifelong struggles be, and yeah. challenges that he's going he's gonna to face for right. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine. Well, what I'll do, I'll make sure I get a link in that and we'll make sure that people know how they can support that. I mean, future looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a successful transplant thanks to mom. <laughs> Moms always hold the family together. Just remember that. Yes, there's something. It's true. <laughs> I don't doubt it. How is his – is it a brother or a sister that he's got at home? It's a brother. A brother? How How is he dealing? I mean, are they – I mean, okay, you guys are young. And you know, how, how old is the sibling? He'll be three in December. Okay, so there's not a whole lot of understanding there, I guess. Um, no. How is that <laughs> – he went from only it's child to big brother to sick big to brother of a sick child, and I still classify him, the Caleb, the th- almost three year old, as not a COVID baby, but he's not really left the home while the pandemic was here. So he went from not leaving home and always having us. I was working from home. Obviously, Sean was working um, with the fire department through COVID, but still home on non shift days. And to us rotating shifts between the hospital and Jonah and him. So he's definitely had his sacrifices. I think he's had his, you know, some temperamental, you know, behavioral kind of outbursts. But overall, he he's a super sweet kid. He 
he will yeah, explain really well. what his brother has to the best a three-year-old can. He's a super verbal three-year-old. <laughs> so he, so he, do, he does know that Joe oh, yeah. is, you know, has had some surgery and he's getting better and, you know, we yeah. knows. Well, that's, that's good. Are they buddies? Jonah is obsessed with Caleb. <laughs> yeah, he loves him. He Caleb is starting over. to um, appreciate having a brother. He just, I think he just wants Jonah to be able to walk and be more playful with him. But we think the way Jonah's temperament is, he's going to wish he never walks by the time he does because he's too particular. And Jonah is just a crazy little guy. Yeah, yeah. He's all he cl- He tries to climb all over him, play with all his toys. Yeah. Um, and Caleb will try to, you know, he'll take some of the toy, like his yeah, trucks away and put them up where he knows he can't get them. It's he so just funny. Does as as like you that. go through life, you'll see that whole sibling rivalry thing just, you know, I don't know whether you guys, well, you have a sister, Danielle. Yeah. I don't know whether you've got, yeah, you know. I have but, an older brother. Uh, I know my kids, it was, you know, my son and my, my son's the oldest and my do- my middle daughter was, uh, they were at it just all the time and it was just it, picking on each other and the whole nine yards and then at one point my son late in high school realized oh wait a minute she has some cute friends the whole dynamic changed it was mm-hmm. like, okay so now now i've got use for you it was kind of fun but this is an amazing story i mean i think you're uh, amazing parents certainly uh no offense sean but danielle a little bit more just that she <laughs> yeah. she gave up 14 percent of her liver yeah to save her son's life and i mean I, I don't think that's anything that any mother would not do yeah uh but it's still pretty pretty heroic to be able to do something like that and i'm you know thrilled that it's you know to be a success and you know he's going to be able to live as you know as as strong and as long of a life you know with future challenges yeah i think um you know if if we can support him in any way we'll make sure that the link gets in here please do that look for the uh, like the facebook page jonah's ba journey Mm -hmm. jonah's ba journey and follow along with it it's uh it's quite a story it's uh, you know you can see the support that you have from strangers and family and friends alike and we've got to remember, I mean, as, as people, as humans, we're, we're kind of all in this together. And we've got to, you know, when we can help somebody out, we should do it. And it doesn't take that much to do it. Uh, it's it, it could be financially or it could be, okay, hey, I am a, I'm not, but, you know, I am a retired nurse. Can I come up and maybe help, mm-hmm. you know, do, you know, an, an injection or something like that and yeah. to give you two a night out? Uh, you know, d- different things like that would be a, a good thing to do. But Take a look with Jonah's BA journey on Facebook is probably the best place to start with there. I know that you and your sister are updating that yeah. uh, quite a bit. And I I really thank you guys for telling your story. I am so thankful that it's turning out to be a great story because I, I know eight months ago you were probably just, you know, you know had no idea which where this was going. Um, thank you for stepping up to uh, be a firefighter in Anne Arundel County, Sean. Yeah, of I think, course. Uh, we do need you guys to peel us out of cars when we screw up and you know, <laughs> yeah. put the wet stuff on the red stuff. And, <laughs> exactly. And go from there. And, uh, you know, Danielle, thank you for being such a great mom. Don't ever let him forget that. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I don't think she will. And I think uh, it actually builds a much stronger bond between the two of you for, for lifelong. But I wish you guys and Jonah the best. I wish I could meet him, but obviously for reasons that is not in the cards today. Um, but I do hope to do it probably maybe in a year or so when everything is all set. But thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. 
And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.